Welcome to the Small Business Show. We are created a podcast to have candid and in-depth conversations with entrepreneur and professional we find fascinating. Learn the tips and tricks for marketing, running, and growing a small business. The Small Business Show is the official podcast of Garuda Promo and Branding Solutions. Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Small Business Show. My name is Swire Ho. You can also call me the promo guy. Today, my guest is Andy Hyde. He's a recognized leadership coach who supports entrepreneurs, executives, and the teams as they navigate the world of building lives and businesses filled with prosperity, meaning, and freedom. Thank you for joining us today, Andy. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to see where we, we go in the conversation. Yeah, same here. So I wanted to ask you a question, you know, for being a coach. And you didn't start out as a coach, right? So Correct. wanted to find out the backstory a little bit more. You know, yeah. why did you beside, uh, decide to be, become a coach? And do you still, what do you like most about you, what you do? Yeah, so my previous life prior to coaching uh, seems like completely opposite. Most of my professional life uh, in my 20s and 30s and early 40s was in theater. I started out as an actor in Chicago on Chicago stages all over Chicagoland area professional union actor for about six years. Uh, and then I sort of retired being on stage and started producing theater. I was artistic director of a theater for 18 years. There's really no direct leap from that to this. How, how I got into coaching is I've always loved per personal and professional development. I started working with a coach during uh, my other career, previous career, and I just fell in love with it. It was, it just, I was in awe of what I was able to accomplish, what I was learning, and then how I was able to like help others, my, my team, my, my friends, colleagues. And I started dabbling, um, as I do when I find an interest. I kind of obsess a little bit. Um, so I started dabbling, and one thing led to another. People started to ask for assistance. Then people started saying, I'll pay you. And I'm like, hmm, I'll take it. <laughs> I really started to fall in love with with the work and it, it felt like the, the reason I made the shift is I really felt like I have a talent for this and I can really make an impact and create a legacy for myself. So we set up my wife and I a little bit of a runway um, and then we left the previous career, started this business about five years ago or so with a big old donut and we've been building it ever since. Well, that's the classic entrepreneur journey, right? So thank yeah. you for uh, sharing, Andy. And yeah. and I like that, you know, the, the fact that, you know, it's not something that is your profession, right, for, for a long time. And you decided that, you know, this is what I like to do. Seems I, I'm good at it. And people will actually pay me for it. So that's, yeah. I will make that into a business. Well, you know, I, I always, I knew that I would retire, you know, working in the arts. I loved it. And I was, I felt like I was good at it. And then when this sort of voice started chiming in saying, you need to be doing this, this is what you're really meant to be doing now. I fought it for a while. I'm like, hell no, I'm not going to start a business. <laughs> I'm not going to leave everything that I've created up to this point to start all over in my early 40s. But the voice just became so strong. And, and as I dabbled in the work and I, I really saw how I was able to make a difference in people's lives and in their businesses, it just became so loud, I couldn't ignore it. 
So let's talk about the importance of self leadership. What it is? Yeah. Why is it important? And can you give us some examples for you know having good self leadership looks like? Absolutely. You know, for me, we we have this big, broad、um, umbrella of leadership, right? What does it mean? I always look at it in four different ways. You know, there are leaders who are directors, vice presidents in the C-suite, but they still have somebody over them, and so we have to learn how to lead up. How do we have conversations and lead up? Oftentimes, have peers on our level. How do we lead sideways? The classic thought of leadership is how do we lead our teams, which is leading down. And I think there is a fourth component, which is self-leadership. Um, and in fact, I believe this is the most important component of all of them, because I'm sure you've heard the phrase, you know, leaders go first, leaders eat last, they become selfless. I think the more that we as leaders do the work and are conscious and are are investing in ourselves and our growth, the more that we're able to take that out into the world with those around us and help them do the same. So. Self leadership really is raising your hand, saying, "I'm willing to go first in an effort to improve myself as a person, as a leader, so that I can really make an impact in my teams, in my organization, and in my business." Yeah, I, I really love that. You know what you just described, and I'm going to use a medical term, and I'm go- probably going to butcher. You know, I went to a, a chiropractor before, and what. Uh, she does is she only fixes、uh, the atlas bone, which is the top most bone on our spine. She said that if you, if your atlas bone is misaligned, all the rest of your body will be、yeah. messed up. So she actually does fix the top, and then the rest is follow. So kind of like that your example. If you you as a leader don't do self improvement, you are slouching, you are getting late to work, you're not motivated. Then what do you think about the rest of the company? They they look up to you. They see that's the way that you act.、Uh, maybe we could just relax a little bit and maybe don't care as much as you know you are. A hundred percent. The bare minimum is for the leader, the founder, the CEO to be modeling that which he or she expects from everyone else. Right. That's the bare minimum. And if they want their people, their business to rise to the next level, and then the next level, and the next level. Often,、uh, Marshall Goldsmith has a book which I love. What got you here won't get you there, right? And we're often wanting from the people around us to up level. Well, we have to start that process ourselves. the The old guys, the Stoics of the world, they they knew something. I think it was Epictetus that said, "Know thyself." The first, most principle, the 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 most basic principle. Is to start and know who you are, what drives you, what motivates you, what your thoughts and beliefs and patterns and and perspectives and mindset is. The more that we can do that work here, and incrementally grow, the more that we're able to make influence on the outside. What do you ask this question? I think small business professionals, myself included, are really money driven. Let's、yeah. give it that way. Yeah. So a million dollar goal. According to Small Business Administration, most businesses fell with, within the past year or two, and then I think it's less than ten percent of those companies ever make past the million dollar mark. Four. So four percent. Yeah, four percent. Wow. Okay. So how should we set that goal? And you know, with help of a coach or with our leadership, how do we go past that goal? 
Yeah. So there's several different ways and directions we could go with this question. The, the, I think the basic, you know, a lot of people will come in and they're setting at five, 600,000 and they want to get to a million and, and people come in at 3 million and they want to get to 10. My first question is why? It, it why? sounds good. It sounds good. Everyone's right, doing it. Right. Well, <laughs> uh, and then we do like an exercise to get down to really what do we want? And I think that that's super important because money isn't going to bring you anything. Most people, ultimately, what they want is security and freedom, right? Which will then get some level of enjoyment and happiness, right? So it's, it's really starting there. Why do you want it? And then, like, is this vehicle that you've chosen, this business, this organization, are you? In, do you believe in it? Do you love it? Because your why can't be money. It has to be something bigger than that if you really hope to build something meaningful, Right, you have to invest more in what you're doing, um, and the product or service that you believe in, and why you believe in it, than you do about hitting any number. What we find is typically the thing that that gets in um, entrepreneurs' way is just the six inches between here and here. For those that are just listening, it's between your ears. Right, it's your mindset. Oftentimes, it's really as simple as: Do I believe that I can do it? Do I believe I can create a million dollar business or a 10 or 50 or a hundred million dollar business or beyond? And oftentimes we want to say that we do and we want to act as if we do, but there are some underlying, perhaps even hidden beliefs that get in the way. And that's what someone like me um, and the kinds of kind of coaching that I do really helps business leaders discover. I really like what you said, Andy. You know, I, I've had coaches and I've talked to coaches my, myself. And I think you're the only one that brings that, that question. Why do you want that goal? Like, yes, why? So maybe it's a round number or maybe our neighbor is doing it or maybe our competitor is doing that. But do you really want it? And obviously, as you know, if you go to a certain level, a million, 10 million or 100 million, then that means different responsibility. It could mean different lifestyle, or it could mean the time that you spend with, with your family or your hobby. Are you willing to do that? Sometimes the answer will be no. And sometimes if you ask me, it will be a hard no, because I I, I like my family and my hobby. So yeah. maybe there are certain ways, certain lifestyle, certain work requirement that I, I'm not going to jump in. So I, I think that's a very important question. And that goes back to what you said on self-leadership. Like you have to believe in it. And along the line, I, I, I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs. They, they are hitting the goal. They're hitting the, the dollar goal, but then their life is a mess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I work with, um, I wouldn't say that most of my clients or people I work with are a mess, but I work with a lot of people that are successful, but are, are still wanting more. Right. Mm. And oftentimes we have to align what it is that in their values and in their ultimate whys, right? Beyond the $5 million business, what's missing? It's usually an alignment of a value. And truly, like a lot of folks are driven, pushed to earn rather than called to earn, if that distinction makes difference. And so when they get to the $5 million mark, it's because they were doing it from survival and reaction because they really want this, say, for example, uh, security. 
And there's really not a lot of peace in being pushed towards something to have to earn X amount just to feel safe. And that's why we want to realign the values and the why, because a why will pull you. It will captivate you. It'll, it'll wake you up in the morning because you're excited to do something rather than waking up like, oh crap, I got to go and make a sale today or that kind of thing. We always want to find the thing that's going to compel us and pull us forward rather than the thing that's going to push us in, in from a place of fear into action. Yeah, because I think if you find out the why, then you also, I think, ask the follow-up question, what are you willing to do and yeah. what are you willing to sacrifice? I'll, I'll use that word because if you, you can have both sometimes, you know, you have to put into work or you have to you know, uh, do a certain resource or maybe study more or, you know, do things that needs to be done. Then you're giving up some of the things that you might be enjoy doing. It's nice to, when people say, I have it all, but then when you ask them a couple more follow-up questions, they don't have it all. <laughs> very, very few um, kind of have it all figured out. <laughs> you know, we, we talk about this thing called work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And I kind of hate that because I don't think it exists. And I think it actually creates a dissonance in people because they can't find it because it doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. um, the way I like to reframe it for, for folks that I work with, it's a dance. You know, sometimes this is going to lead. Sometimes that's going to lead. You know, if, if you're in the middle of a product launch, you're probably going to work 70 hours a week, but that's okay. And we want to empower that because of why we're doing it again, back to why. And then once that's out and the team is running, then we can maybe pull back to 30. So it's, it's uh, hours a week. So it's a dance rather than than this idea or misconception, I think, of a balance between life and work. In the entrepreneurial world, I, I don't think it exists. <laughs> yeah, because if, if someone, something or someone needs to pull your attention in a small business world, you, you're going all in. You can't just say, wait, I have to you know, do something. Can you, can you hold for like a couple hours? So we, we don't have that luxury. Let's, let's just keep it that way. Uh, not many are able to set it up the way Tim Ferriss, the, the book, you know, the four hour work week, not many people are able to, to do it, uh, to that degree. Yeah. That's takes us, uh, you know, different kind of uh, personality. And I've, I actually have guests who are specialized in that way, but if you're running a small business, it's, it could be possible, you know, it could be, you could open up the di discussion, but I think the, the most important I wanted to bring the uh, listener to know to find out is what sort of mindset do we need to have? You know, for you talk about self leadership, you know, we talk about mindset. So, and can you give us some example or, or for entrepreneurial success just because our mindset has changed? You know, our business is the same, but how we think can actually improve or pull us back, right? Yeah. Well, back to your example of, you know, some are able to create the four hour work week. It takes a specific mindset for that. And the reason that some people aren't or can't is because they have what I call competing commitments, which is, a, which in, in and of itself is a mindset. So for example, you, you have a leader that is too controlling. They need to have their hand in every little piece of the business because it's what keeps them safe. They have a competing commitment of remaining safe by keeping their hand in every part. Well, they will never create a four-hour work week because they can't pull back. 
They can't just delegate, hire and trust the people that they have to run that business, that those departments. And so there, their mindset is sort of lost in this competing commitment of needing to control. And we have all kinds of flavors. We have the perfectionist. We have the, the self-doubter. We have the, the controller. Like there's a thousand flavors uh, of what this is. And where self-leadership comes in is really this is the moment where we we work with somebody. Um, it could be a mentor. It could be a counselor. It could be a coach. It could be a really smart friend to help us see those things that we cannot see hmm. so that we can start to make incremental shifts, right? If a mentor says, listen, you're going to have to pull back from you're the CEO and you have to pull back from doing all the marketing and all the sales. If you want to scale your business, that's great information. Then we need to look and see, well, what's motivating us to get in there and how do we dial that back so that we can delegate and pull back if that makes sense. Yeah. Entrepreneur are, are con controlling. And even if you mentioned Tim Ferriss, I was listening to one of his recent episodes uh, he has his podcast. I don't know for how, how long right now, but he said that until maybe a couple of years ago, he has the final cut. He wants to control how his podcast sound like. And he already worked with a uh, manager, professional to edit his sound. He said it, it took him really long time to really let go for the controlling part for it. The editor is not a hundred percent Tim Ferriss, but it's 85, 90%. And that's yeah. good enough. And so back to your example, if you find that I don't like accounting, I don't like, I, I shouldn't be moving boxes. Like if you're a CEO, yes, you know, you have to get your hands on, but that's not really your job to move boxes and deliver product unless that's your business, right? So yep. how would you suggest that we give up or delegate some of the tasks that we don't do and focus on what we are good at, you know, for the company? Yeah, well, I mean, simply put, do that. Know where you're you're talented, know where you're not, know where your time is best spent. You know, again, like if if you're the CEO, if you're the founder, it's it's akin to being captain of the ship. You shouldn't be mopping the decks and you shouldn't be doing all the other things because that means you're not at the helm. And so doing the work to get out of the day-to-day -day so that you can helm the ship. Now, a lot of work typically from the self-leadership lens is required because most people have a really hard time letting go, usually because of their competing commitments. Well, I don't trust that my team can, can handle it and deliver to the quality, or I need to be in there and make sure that X, Y, or Z is done, or any number of reasons. But that is what's required. So jumping into the work of self-leadership, look in the mirror. One of the, one of the things that I, people ask, what is one thing I could do? One thing you could do is go to a mentor, a colleague, a boss, ask them one thing that you're doing very, very well. Mm. And then take that in and then ask them, what is one thing that I should be doing better in order to achieve the results that I want? Take it in and practice it. That is the art on some small level of self-leadership. It's being reflective. It is working to improve some uh, quality of who you are and how you show up and how you relate. And when we do that incrementally, 1% per day, we end up growing 
who we are, which will in turn grow the capacity of what we can create. Yeah, kind of like the example Malcolm Gladwell is saying, you know, you have to do certain things with 10,000 hours to get better. And then like I'm quoting Bruce Lee now, I, he does not afraid that an opponent who know 10,000 kicks. Yeah. He's afraid of an opponent that practice the same kicks 10,000 times. So maybe the first day when you do things that you're not good at or need to work on, it sucks, right? You you really bad at it. Like, <laughs> people might make fun of you, but you know, if you keep working on it, keep improving it, even less than 1% every single day, then slowly and slowly, you know, you get better. Well, that in and of itself is a mindset shift. That is a growth mindset, you know, to to quote the queen, Carol Dweck, of, of the term mindset, right? That, that we are not a fixed individual, that with time and intention and energy, we can grow who we are and how we show up in the world. And so those that adopt that growth mindset and practice it, here's the key, practice it every day, it is guaranteed that uh, you will become a new level of leader, business owner, um, and your results will will rise. I want to ask you this question, Andy, and there are different style of coaching, right? There are different personality of the coaches. There are coaches that ask you a lot of questions that make you figure it out by yourself. Yeah. There are coaches that really hands-on, they and their coaches really like to smack you, right? You're not doing it right. And they actually tell you yeah. how it should be done. So how do we find out and then connect with the right coach that can help us do what we do? And I think that's like a hard question, right? Such a good question, Swire. Like such a good question. I mean, for those that are on LinkedIn, if you search coach, you're. I think you're going to find upwards of about 4 million, <laughs> right? People that call themselves coaches. And within that designation, there's a lot of different people and a lot of different deliverables and a lot of different um, philosophies. I like to break it down in, into two camps. There's what I call coaching and then there's consulting. Mm. Now I'm using coaching, the International Coaching Federation's definition of coaching. Right. And so on the one hand, with consulting, you have somebody that has gone down this road. They have a system, they have a methodology, they have a product, they have a knowledge that they're going to come in and help you implement. They're basically telling you what to do and how, right? Akin to give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Now, this is not a slam on consultants. I use consultants myself and I am, am in fact, M1. We are, we are scaling minds, coaching and consulting. But I think the distinction is helpful. Coaching, on the other hand, is I uh, relate it to teach people to fish. And then they learn themselves and then they ultimately grow. A, this kind of coach is going to, as you say, ask a lot of questions. They're going to ask you to be very self-reflective. They're going to reflect back to you things that you didn't know about yourself, hmm. what we call blind spots. And it's really in those in that realm that we're able to grow the capacity of who we are as a human, not just what we do as a business leader. And so the coach, especially what with what I do, I am most interested in helping my clients connect and grow who they are so that they can, they have the capacity to attempt and achieve things they've never done before. Hmm. 
for small business owner, and like you said, I, that's a mind-boggling number, like four million just on LinkedIn. I'm sure that if you do a Google search, then <laughs> it'll be crazy. How how do we you throw know? a stone and you're going to hit a coach? Yeah, somebody that calls themselves coach. <laughs> how do we know the style? It's just just yeah. a personality fit, or if we like the style of the coach that we're going to be working with, kind of like you know personal training, right there. Yep. Coaches that train you in a certain style of beach body, there are coaches uh, training you with bodybuilding yeah. or whatever that it is. Such a good question. Um, I recommend anyone that is that feels like they want to, the support of someone else, whether that be a coach or a consultant, um, spend time with them. Hmm. Um, ask them what the how they work and what the deliverables are and how they're different than, um, say, other coaches and consultants that are out there. You know, are you going to just work with my business, my numbers, my marketing um, and tell me what to do? Or are you really looking at my head, my heart in addition to those things, which is more the coaching? You know, what I do with folks, because I think the rapport is incredibly important. I think it's among the most important things is mm -hmm. how we relate as two humans as we're talking. I usually spend 90 minutes with um, an interested prospect and actually coach because I want to know, is this person coachable? Are they looking for what I do? Am I the right person that can support them in what they want to achieve? Do they even know what they want to achieve? Are they looking to just not feel the pain anymore? Or are they looking to grow? So there's a lot of questions that I look to answer just by getting in a, a 90 minute coaching conversation with someone. And I would assert that 99% of everyone who's participated in a question in a, in a session like that with me has walked away learning something new about themselves that they never knew. What about on the flip side? Let's say, you know, we wanted to speak to a potential coach or, uh, you know, someone who could help us. Are there questions that we should ask? Because, yeah. you know, like you said, you have to, be able to connect with the person. You know, I, I I have had the experience that I don't really trust that person. So then I kind of still have a wall and I won't be sharing all the information that I was supposed to, which you kind of have to before that person can really know what's going on in your head to yeah. help you, right? Yeah. Um, are you wearing some of your own branded stuff? <laughs> I am, yes. Yeah. So you are a promo guy who believes in promo, right? You believe... Mm -hmm. Hey, if I wear my branded stuff and I give it away, people are going to know who I am. You believe in what you do. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I always recommend prospects to do when they're interviewing coaches is ask them, are you working with a coach? Ah, Have you okay. worked with a coach? Um, and if they say no, I wouldn't say it's a blanket. I wouldn't work with them, but I'd be curious, right? If I tell you that I can help you grow your, your business, basic, um, grow who you are as a person, which includes your level of happiness, your level of enjoyment, um, the relationships around you. If I tell you that I can do that, wouldn't you be curious if I want that for myself? You know, I've worked with a coach, uh, a couple of them straight for four five, six years. And I will always work with a coach because I believe in its power to, continue to help me up-level who I am. And the better I get as a person, back to self-leadership, the better coach I can be to the people that I work with. So that's one thing I, I always like as a litmus test. Do you have a coach? Do you work with a coach? Tell me about that. What do you get from it? And if not, take that as a piece of data.
But yeah, then I would ask, um, how do you work? What does it look like? What are some success stories that you can share? Um, are there any past clients of yours that I can speak with? I tell anybody I talk to, I have like over three dozen testimonials on my website. You can probably call any single person if you can find them and I'll give you their names um, and ask them about our work together. And I believe they're going to really give a glowing review of, of the work that we did and the results that they got. That, that's a great question, Andy. That's such an open-ended question to you. And you won't offend the coach or whoever that you're interviewing. Like, tell me your own coaching experience and then just mm-hmm. let them talk. And then you'll be able to find out, like, what does he he or she believes in and then what kind of method, methodology that, you know, they, they yeah. embrace. And that's, that's such a good question. Yeah. And another thing that you can ask, and again, I don't think that this is a, a deal breaker, but like, do you, what's your methodology, right? You know, some coaches... They just take you through a system. There's nothing wrong with that. The only thing is, is I believe that, that if we go through a system, it is somewhat limiting the ab- absolute results that a person can get, right? Because it's just answering a few or a number of questions, so to speak, versus what someone like me uh, does is whatever is in front of us, we pull whatever tools we need out of our our vast toolbox to work with that person in that moment. Every encounter, every client, every conversation is bespoke. Last question. And I think this is trying to ask this question nicely, but Uh are there there ways or how should you value the coaching? Because obviously if you could get the best coach possible, but you cannot afford, that doesn't really help you. So for those of us who really like to grow and then seemingly there's a really good coach, but then maybe out of our price range, mm-hmm. would are you in the camp that say it's all worth the money, it's going to get it back? Like, how do you balance it? And, and am I asking the right question? Absolutely. You know, because there are, there are coaches that charge $100, $50 per session. And mm-hmm. I know coaches that charge $30,000 plus for, I mean, I know one guy who charges a million a year. Wow. Question it. Um, But I mean, there's everything in between. What I would say is whatever you can afford, find somebody that can come to me. Truthfully, if, if, if my prices are outside of your uh, budget, I have a Rolodex of coaches that I refer to. The thing that is most interesting to me is that to your question, people get the support that they want. Hmm. And some amount of coaching is better than none. There's always the coach out there that can help you get to the next level and then the next level and then the next mm-hmm. level. Yeah. I mean, my first coach, $4,000 for six months. And then my second coach was $50,000 a year. And then we just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you for answering that question. And yeah. I think that's really valuable, but before you do that, you have to ask yourself or maybe talk to someone, why do you want to do that? Like, yeah. You the, just- <laughs> the, the, and, it, and it's not required of everyone, right? Not mm, everybody yeah. is at that point where they want to embark on that journey. But those that that are feeling the call and, and, and want to explore that, I highly recommend it because I have seen, I have literally seen lives change, business change, relationships change, all of it. 
So Andy, I think we're getting to the point that, you know, listener probably have individual questions who want to reach out to you. Uh, can you let us know where what's the best way to find you? Yeah, so I, I play in, in two spaces. I'm on LinkedIn a lot. Uh, so you can find me pretty easily by searching Andy Height and we're Scaling Minds. Uh, and then our website, scalingminds.com. We've set aside a page specifically for your listeners. Um, if they go to scalingminds.com, slash SBS for small business show. There's some goodies there. There's a couple of assessments that might be helpful, an entrepreneurial readiness assessment, a leadership assessment. There's also an authentic leadership handbook uh, that I've written um, for those that are really interested in going deep into leadership. And then anybody that might be interested in having a conversation with me, there's a link and we can uh, jump into that 90 minutes that I mentioned earlier. We could just do some coaching, see if it's a fit. See if you even like coaching. Thank you so much for all the information, Andy. Yeah. I'll definitely include that on on the show notes. Uh, you know, love all the questions, and thank you for answering all the questions I'm throwing at you. Hey, man! Thanks for having me. I really appreciate the conversation. Take care. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and share with your friends or colleagues who might benefit from the conversation. Any questions or feedback, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'd love to connect with you. Our show is live streamed both on YouTube and LinkedIn every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'll see you next time.